0: This is Michael Melcher. Today in Meanwhile, we talk about my notion of pre-framing, where before entering into a trip or an experience or a work situation, you decide ahead of time how you're going to interpret this experience and the kind of experience you want to have and the type of theme you might even want to carry through the experience. In coaching, we talk a lot about reframing certain experiences. Today, we take it a step farther with pre-framing, which is starting out with an intention before the experience even happens. Let's get started. Hello world, it's Michael Melcher. It is a peak of summer. Hope you're all enjoying summery things, being outside or not, whatever you feel like doing. I'm very chill about that. I recently returned from a 10-day trip to Southern California where I took my children Nicolás and Mateo, and for the most part, it was a pretty awesome time. Yay. It turns out that Southern California looks quite different when you have children. Much more appealing. Lots of easy-to-do activities, and in between those activities, you can strap them in car seats so they can't cause any problems. One day during this trip, I had to go to Los Angeles, actually all the way up to Burbank, which is quite some distance from my mom's house in an exurb called San Marcos, which is in northern San Diego County. When I Google mapped this, it said two hours and 31 minutes. And as anybody familiar with Southern California knows, that means the actual time is anywhere between two hours and 31 minutes and like 700 hours or possibly death, depending on how impatient one is. And I tend to be very impatient driving. I was going there because I was going to be a fabulous guest on the very popular podcast, Happier in Hollywood, talking about the Enneagram. And by the time this is out, that episode will be up. So go check it out. I think I perform pretty well. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I decided I would be very transgressive and take public transportation, something that is a little bit outré in Southern California. So the day in question, I took Amtrak from Oceanside all the way up to Burbank. Very efficient. The Amtrak train was sort of like taking a train in Poland in 1992, but maybe with even more officious service. The Amtrak conductor lady kept saying things like, Passengers, we need every single seat. Move all of your belongings off the seat. If you're waiting for somebody to tell you, we're telling you now. Don't make us tell you again. And I'm like, You're not exactly in the Marines conductor person, but whatever. Then I got to Burbank and I took an Uber to the studio, which was in this residential area. It was extremely fun and glamorous. Then I was supposed to meet somebody in Beverly Hills, and I decided to take the subway, which did not exist when I was growing up. It took Los Angeles about 40 years to build the first six blocks from Skid Row to MacArthur Park, but now there's six lines, including the red line. So I asked around for how to get there. I went up to the guard booth at the Disney lot who gave me some directions, which turned out to be wrong. And I realized, never ask directions about public transportation in a place where people do not take public transportation. A couple Uber rides later, I got on the Red Line, which goes from the valley over the Hollywood Hills to someplace in Los Angeles. Very excitedly went down into the train because I love taking subways. Let me tell you, the Red Line is a pretty sad train as far as subways goes. It is Kind of like taking a subway in New York in 1981, but without the speed and without the dark thrill, just a lot of pretty sad people kind of slumped over, very unfortunate looking, where you feel a slight revulsion and then immediately feel guilty for feeling that revulsion, along with about 40 Spanish teenage tourists chattering away on their phones. But I sat through the red line. I was trying to go to Beverly Hills, so I thought that the stop called Vermont Beverly would get me there. I mean, that seems pretty reasonable. There was no Wi-Fi to speak of, so I couldn't double-check it. So I get out at Vermont Beverly in approximately 100-degree heat and discovered that I'm in another type of skid row right outside West Hollywood. I checked Uber, and it was a 25-minute drive to Beverly Hills. So that didn't quite work out. But anyway, went and met my friend. We ate at this bizarre little cafe inside the giant UTA travel agency, just tucked away inside, and then I went to see my friend Henry, who is a lawyer-turned-television writer, and we spent four delightful hours together walking around revitalized downtown LA, and then I got back on the 1992 Polish train and went back to Oceanside amidst more officious announcements. But here's the thing. I actually was completely stoked and excited throughout my entire day because prior to to that, in addition to deciding that I would be a virtuous public transportation planet healing kind of person, I also decided it was my day of adventure. So, at every point, I thought to myself, I'm having an adventure. I'm taking a Polish train in 1992. I'm being brave and taking the red line and opening myself up to Les Miserables. I'm chatting with my Uber drivers And telling one that maybe he shouldn't be day trading cryptocurrencies, or at least pull out his money quickly, I'm walking around revitalized LA. I came home and I was all fresh as a daisy from not having driven five to seven hours instead. Now, I could have come up with this idea at any point during the trip, being a coach type of person, I'm constantly doing little framing devices and tools and perspectives wheels all the live long day. But in this case, I framed it up front. And that's what I'm going to call pre-framing. I think we're all familiar with the concept of reframing. Like, don't consider it something negative. Consider it something positive. Don't think, oh, I have to clean my house. Think, hooray, I have a house of my own that I can clean. Pre-framing is when you just take a moment ahead of time and create an image for the experience you want to have. And then you basically just uh, live out that story. And the thing is, it really works. Because basically, we spend our lives doing things, and then responding to things, and then drawing conclusions, which may be positive or maybe negative. To some degree, the frame of mind that we have often determines how we feel about something. And so, the more intentional we are about choosing frames that are suitable for us and enlivening, the better off we'll be. This is a core concept of positive psychology. The movement started by Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania some years ago, who famously said The first 100 years of psychology were devoted to studying dysfunction. Let's make the next 100 years about the study of high-functioning people. In a nutshell, a core practice of positive psychology is finding ways to look at the class as half-full rather than half-empty. So gratitude journals, which everyone recommends all the time, probably you have one right now, operate on the principle that if you are focusing on what you're grateful for, that will kind of lift your overall experience and make you happier because it becomes your first frame of reference. A related concept is something called appreciative inquiry, which has been around for a while. And basically, that just means you ask open ended questions, but from a kind of positive view. So if you have a sullen teenager, instead of asking, How is school today? which will probably get a sullen non answer out of said teenager, you'd ask something like, What was your favorite thing about school today? What's your favorite thing about being done with school today? And very sneakily, it actually gets people to focus on more positive things. Now, I do framing exercises all the time. I feel like you expect nothing less of me as a coach to the stars. I remember once a few years ago, I was with my colleague Rebecca at the University of Maryland. And somehow, we had been signed up to lead six days of eight-hour workshops for not very happy MBA candidates. They might have been happy normally, but I think sitting through 6 days of eight-hour workshops made them less so. And we weren't really getting paid very much money. It was kind of early in our careers. And while we were in the general DC metro area, we were actually staying way out on campus in this not super glamorous facility for visiting whoever's. And I proposed Let's just consider this our spa week, both in terms of having spa-like activities like uh, nice meals and perhaps long baths, but also I decided that moment I would take all the money that I was earning that week and spend it in an upcoming trip to Hawaii, which really changed how I looked at dealing with those sullen MBAs. Another example is when I was in business school, one of our required courses was cost accounting, and my friend Polly and I decided that we would refer to it as our favorite course, mainly because there was nothing about that course title or content that would make it one's favorite course. But guess what? If you go around talking about your favorite course saying, hey, should we study for our favorite class? Or is it time to get ready for the midterm of our favorite class? Or what's your favorite thing about our favorite class? Uh, It actually does change how you think about it. So you can use this pre-framing either as ways to create a positive spin on something that may strike you as a bit negative, You can also just do it as a sort of thematic overlay to whatever the hell you're up to. With that same friend, Polly, I once went to France for a few weeks during a somewhat down in the dumps time in my life. But I thought, what could be better than to take a foreign vacation that I can't really afford, but which will allow me to be my best self? This was early in my coaching career, and so I was very busily giving a serious read to all the sorts of leadership and business and self-help books that I kind of scanned before but thought I really needed to get a clear view on. So I packed my suitcase full of these books. We decided to call this our self-help summer en France, being super global bilingual type people. We would pull out these books periodically and sometimes read them, sometimes give a cursory view, sometimes talk about what we didn't like about the annoying authors. But at the same time, we would regularly return to this idea that it was our self-help summer en France, so we weren't just staying in lovely villas and buying fruit at the market and going to the melon festival in Cavaillon. We were also developing ourselves personally and professionally. Your homework for this week is to get a head start on your various tasks and activities coming up. Instead of waiting for a moment of discomfort or negativity to appear that makes you think, hey, I need a better frame of this, do some pre-framing. Decide ahead of time how you want an experience to be or what its theme is going to be. And then you will see how this filter will magically improve your experience. You could think of an upcoming work assignment. You could think about job networking. You can think of a visit to your in-laws or your parents. You could think of a long drive or uncomfortable trip, or in my case, a six-hour flight with two toddlers who are Goliath-like in strength and with very short attention spans. Instead of contemplating what's going to be difficult, come up with a pre-framing theme or two. It might be something like, I'm going to be having an adventure, or I get to spend quality time with somebody I care about, or... I'm just going to notice everything and write them down in my journal for later comedic value. Or, I love the fact that I am such a strong person that I am willing to do something that to other people might feel tedious. Or, I'm going to go into an environment that could make me uncomfortable, but I'm going to be grounded enough that I'm actually going to be really psyched about being there. For example, the gym. So, that's the idea. Come up with a pre-frame and then see how it rolls. For meanwhile, this is Michael Melcher. I will talk to you again soon. And happy preframing. Bye. So, do you have a boo-boo?
1: Yes. Where's your boo-boo? Um on my be, On my egg.
0: On your leg? Yes.
1: Do
0: you have any more boo-boos?
1: I got boo-boo on my finger. On
0: your finger? Yes. How about your eyes?
1: Nope.
0: No? Well, you have to close your eyes to take a nap.
1: Yes. You have to close your eyes to take a nap, too.
0: I should to close my eyes, too? Yes. Okay. Do you still have to go to the hospital? Yes. Why?
1: Because yes, there's, there's some people take people.
0: They take people?
1: Yes. Why? Because there's the dick. Yes,
0: they're sick. Yes. But do you need to go to the hospital?
1: I got to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital.
0: Okay. Um, I,
1: need, I need to go in the ambulance.
0: You need to go in the ambulance?
1: I need to go and go to
0: And who helps you at the hospital?
1: Um, I'm at ambulance.
0: The ambulance? Yes. Are you going to see a doctor? Yes. What are you going to ask the doctor to do?
1: daughter don't need a bandaid on my egg, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's do that. Let's go to the hospital
1: yes.
0: and the doc in an ambulance so the doctor can put a band aid on your leg. Is yes. that good okay yes.